today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's time for our uh, town hall with the Hamilton Chief of Police, Frank Bergen. Uh, the numbers, uh, by the way, to reach the chief, 905-645-3221. Star at 9900 is the toll-free number. It's uh, an edited version, kind of a mini version of our town hall uh, because of the, uh, the the other programs that we've got lined up on the show today. But uh, uh, we do want to spend some time with the chief and talk about a couple of key items, especially uh, into Great Cup weekend and holiday season as well. Uh, chief, as always, thanks so much for the time. Glad you could join us today. Uh, Bill, thank you very, very much for the opportunity. And you are right. It is an exciting time for our city, a, a city that can showcase all the amazing, vibrant activities. And, and also, as you, as you mentioned, couched between the challenges of COVID. So let's look, let's have a safe, enjoyable weekend together and make sure that we have the ability to celebrate the uh, coming back of the Grey Cup to the city of Hamilton. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. Uh, it gives our listeners a little insight as to exactly what's going to be happening and what we can and can't do. As we know, uh, the the encampment issue and the conflict that happened in a particular incident uh, a week or so ago is is front of mind for an awful lot of people, Chief. Now, I know it's under investigation, and uh, and and you can't talk about that during this period of time while it's being investigated. Uh, but we can talk in general terms. And there's a couple of things here that I wanted to ask you about because I'm getting a lot of emails when uh, we mentioned that you were going to be on the program today. Uh, one is the policy itself. And, and as you mentioned in a previous segment with us here, uh, the policy is made by city council. It's not made by the police about you know whether or not to, to move in and, and, and to assist in the removal of some of these encampments. It, it, to my knowledge, that policy is still in place, is it? Bill, I think what uh, we want to do is really clearly understand some of the uh, the progress of this conversation in regards to what is, as you say, the policy. As you know, there in fact was an encampment protocol, and that encampment protocol really spoke to what would be the actual um, partnerships. And, and that partnership really relied heavily on an amazing support of our social services, our, our municipal licensing enforcement, um, incredible work from Good Shepherd and the Wesley Center and, and the whole list of, of resources in our community to, to look after not only just homelessness, but the harm reduction and mental illness challenges. So that protocol, as you know, um, was put in place in the aftermath of what was Ferguson. And, and we remember Ferguson, don't we? We remember it quite yep. vividly of what occurred. So that, that, that actual protocol sat for a while. And then, as you probably are aware, uh, they had gone back to court. And then um, Justice Goodman, in, in, a, in a thoughtful decision, uh, had come out with what would be the aftermath. And the aftermath is to be returned to the strength of what is the bylaw. And, and it really spoke to the times of activities at, from 11 at night till 6 in the morning, uh, no structure, no erection of a structure in an area. It really just dictate that. So what we have now is what we have is a very clear understanding is that there is an expectation uh, that the city bylaw with regards to uh, parks will be enforced. And uh, how is that progressing? I mean, is, uh, are you doing this on a complaint basis or is there a process in place here, a schedule in place? Exactly. That's uh, it's really the the municipal licensing enforcement that is the lead. It, this is a city bylaw, and so what we have been doing, and we've been doing it with much success. The reality is, uh, it hasn't negated the the work of what is our social navigator program, our coast program, working with our community partners, finding um, housing, finding lodging, and so what we have been relying on is that as as the MLE, the municipal licensing enforcement, are there and they go through their progression. And uh, it's the support that we give 
to the actual bylaw through the MLE team. And so people will get sort of that, you know, it's time to go, you need to, you can't be in here, and the conversation. And, and then once it gets to a point of a refusal or someone saying, I'm not going, uh, then in fact, it's our opportunity to enforce the trespass. The reality is that very little has that actually ever occurred. It, it, the, the actual strength of the working with our community, working with the actual uh, social services and housing, uh, we do have a great success in finding people uh, suitable lodging. Uh, and again, I just want to remind your listeners, we can't talk about specific incidents about what happened at Beamer Park until that investigation is complete. Uh, and, and certainly we will talk about that once uh, there's a report in front of us and we can uh, uh, talk about uh, some of the recommendations, if in fact there are going to be any, and the, and the facts as they're stated in that report. But on a, on a more general basis, i got to ask you something, and I'm basing this on an awful lot of comments I've seen on social media over the last couple of weeks, especially, Chief, because everybody has an opinion on this. And I've heard, you've heard an awful lot of them too, I'm sure over the last number of weeks, but on, on a protocol basis, uh, and this sounds like a very elementary question, but I, I just want to get some clarification based on a lot of inquiries I'm getting. It, when there is an incident, whatever it is, uh, and police are on scene, and that yellow tape goes up, what does that signify? Does that mean don't go in there? Does that mean we'd rather you didn't go in there? Uh, exactly. Explain to us exactly the, the why that tape, I think we all have a pretty good idea why the tape is put up, but what does it entail? Is it stay away? What, what's the message there? And, and what's, well, I guess, the law as it stands? Yeah, that's, uh, thank you. And, and it is <laughs> elementary is good sometimes, Bill, and, and that's important. And, uh, and I will, will like to just park a, an opportunity to really explain the, the um, involvement of the SIU. So let's remember not to uh, miss that. With regards to the, the actual understanding is um, when we are talking about encampments, I can assure you that at 9 a.m. every day, our city partners uh, meet and they have conversations. And those city partners involve uh, the management from parks, municipal licensing enforcement, city housing and police. And they talk about what's the day going to look like. We've just had the Red Hill. We just had an encampment of eight people on the on the Red Hill. And, and again, uh, we had community activism there where they, they watched and they observed. And, and the reality is we were able to find lodging. Uh, Strawn, um, Strawn and Bay. Uh, similarly, uh, we had six people that needed it. Uh, Central Park. There are opportunities. So what, what happens is they meet and they have conversations. And in this particular case, if we're going to be specific about what yellow tape and this is, uh, that yellow tape was actually to, to denote or delineate a perimeter so that, in fact, workers who, who were required to respond to what had happened earlier in the day, and I'll stay careful to with the language, uh, that really just spoke of a requirement to keep uh, those in that needed to be and those out that shouldn't be. And, and this is why I want to ask this in general terms. And again, I, you know, we, we can apply that uh, that that explanation later on once we find out what the report says about this. But and and you recall, Chief, there was an incident a couple of years ago uh, where a reporter actually crossed over that yellow tape uh, at an accident scene, uh, and and uh, there was an, an altercation and, and charges were laid, et cetera, et cetera. That's that's been resolved. But I'm just saying uh, there seems to be some some misinformation, maybe a misunderstanding about exactly what happens to that with that yellow tape. Whether it's an accident scene, a fire scene, it doesn't much matter. Why the tape is there and 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 I think that's going to be part of the the rationale for the decision. So I, I just want that on the record anyway. So as we move forward, uh, we'll have that as a point of reference. Uh, a couple yeah, of other things. Bill. I know our time is tight today. Go ahead very quickly. 
Yeah, yeah, Bill. Uh, the, the actual line is in, in, in Halloween, in Halloween, people put up yellow tape that says caution in it. And it, it you know, it's scary, haunted house. Uh, we have police line do not cross on our yellow tape. And it, it's not a suggestion. Uh, it, it is that the authority that we can tape off a perimeter in order to conduct uh, our work. And so thank you for the opportunity to clarify that. And if somebody decides that uh, they don't want to uh, pay attention to that and they do cross that, uh, is, is that an offense? Well, let's say there's consequences for everybody's actions. Okay. All right. We'll leave it at that for now until uh, we get some details on the report. I, I got a couple of minutes left and I got a number of questions I want to ask you about Grey Cup weekend. Uh, and first and foremost, and uh, a couple of emails on this, uh, traffic protocol. And I, I've attended a number of Grey Cups over the years, Chief. Uh, and I can tell you, uh, the people, and this may come as a surprise because I haven't had a great cup here since 1996. Uh, there is a perimeter set up around the stadium uh, on game day. Uh, I, for instance, if you've gone to Ticat games over the years and you've got a guy uh, who, you know, lives a block away from the stadium and that's where you go to park and you pay him whatever it is you pay him, uh, there's a pretty good chance you won't be allowed to do that because there is a perimeter set up around there and no vehicles, unless buses or special vehicles, are allowed through there. Uh, I'm assuming something of that nature is going to be imposed and, and going to be in place on Sunday. Is that true? Oh, it is. And uh, what a good segue, really, when you're, you did, just because I want to go past that doesn't mean you can. And, and in this particular case, uh, absolutely. Our, our city has been just a champion uh, working with all stakeholders. I can assure you that there have been uh, weeks uh, in advance where there have been conversations. Uh, absolutely, the full corridor will be um, will be shut down. Uh, that'll be starting um, on Saturday in the evening. Uh, we've had actually door-to-door-to-door conversations with the residents in the area and, and, the, and the commercial establishments in the area, talking about access, talking about egress, making sure that, that we have the ability to control and cordon off uh, what will be a very large pedestrian access egress plan. Uh, so you are right. And, and the reality is we also know in very large events, and, and it's very sad, very sad, that we've also seen that we have to mitigate any potential also for a vehicle to enter where we are going to have uh, pedestrian traffics. And, and that gets into uh, super crawl and other, other major events. So yeah, that area is going to be locked down for better terms, uh, but locked down for everybody's safety. Uh, it's not locked down in such a way that it's so oppressive to the actual people who live in the area, but you are right. They're not going to have that luxury of uh, maybe $10 to park on somebody's lawn. Uh, the reality is there's going to be um, absolutely a move and a push to make sure that people can get there through public transit, as well as to making sure parking lots and other things through city transit and, and just making sure that awareness is there. And that campaign has already started. Yeah, and it just... A caution our listeners if you go into the game uh, check into that and make arrangements as you mentioned there will be public transit there are shuttle buses from all over the place and they, they will be allowed into the area uh, but in the past experience in, in places like Winnipeg and Ottawa and Calgary and other, other games that we've attended and even in Toronto uh, even taxis not allowed in there uh, until sometime after the game uh, because they just want to mitigate uh, any kind of vehicular traffic uh, that's going to be in situations like that. So, uh, you know, be forewarned about something like that, that it's going to be different. And uh, I don't want to see people standing there saying, well, come on, I've always parked on Joe Blow's lawn. You're not going to be allowed to do that. Uh, just so that's that's something else. The other thing I want to bring up uh, is I'm looking at the calendar here. It's December. Uh, that means holiday season. Uh, and that means the holiday ride programs, I, I would assume, Chief, are uh, now in effect. 
I, um, I actually had the opportunity to be there alongside Steve from the, the Bulldogs. What a great partnership. Uh, the Bulldogs have always taken a leadership role in, in making sure that they can participate, giving a voucher uh, for someone to be able to attend a game. I also attended last week um, what was our official kickoff out on the streets um, and uh, attended um, all the stations and, and been able to interact with people. Yeah, it's a reminder, and, and it's a reminder that we all play a role and to uh, arrive alive. We've heard about it. It's, it's beyond just the MAD campaign and putting red uh, ribbons on our antenna. It's really about just making sure that people have a designated driver. They have a plan. And if you're hosting a party as well, um, absolutely make sure that people have that. And and, and we do, I, I, Bill... They're not getting the message, so uh, I'm going to tell you we've, we've introduced an Operation Lookout program where anonymously people can let us know. And this year to date, uh, we actually have uh, in the response of people just saying, hey, uh, I just think I saw someone coming out and they don't look like very steady on their feet. We've made 150 arrests just based on the anonymous calls of people feeling comfortable that that's not right. You see something, you say something, you get involved in it, but really just have that conversation with your partner, with your friend, to make sure that you have ultimate things. And we've also had uh, eight impaired drivers just in this last weekend. The other part of this, Bill, and people are shocked to learn it, um, when we put our ride programs up at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we quite often do that, we're getting impaired people as well on their way to work. So just make sure that everybody can look at alternative because, again, uh, we don't need to, to read in the paper again the loss of life from a bad choice. Well, and, you know, if you're having a household party, if you're not going to the game and you're having a few folks over, uh, just keep in mind that there's going to be an increased presence like that. And, uh, you know, we all want to be safe. Uh, lots more that we need to talk about, uh, but uh, we'll have to save this for a future program uh, because our time is tight. Uh, Chief, as always, thank you so much for this, and uh, we'll uh, probably see you at the football game on Sunday. I hope to see you there as well, and to everybody in our community, have a safe weekend and, and be nice and warm and cuddly when we get that great cup. I hope so. Uh, Hamilton Chief of Police, uh, Frank Bergen, as always, Chief, thanks so much for this. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.